Greg, we're going to be fired by this time tomorrow. Wow, sweet! I I really need to go get a drink now. (laughs) I could be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be a freelancer. I don't call it fired. I call it freedom. Sweet, sweet freedom. All right, I, I will shut up now. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> promise. Hey, Greg, are you ready? <laughs> Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, all you gearheads and gas holes. Welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield here with our engineer, co-host, and newly minted motorcycle <laughs> license holder, Mr. Mark Groves. Yep. And the evil genius of Craving Cars on YouTube, Mr. Corey Pratt. Yes. And my lovely, fantastic, wonderful... Significant other. Yeah, well, and and wife. (laughs) (laughs) That would be Mrs. Rhonda Hatfield. Hi, boys. Yeah. Uh, Who put up with me dragging her all over Hell's Half Acre and Arizona and Mm -hmm. everything else, doing all kinds of car crap last month. Uh, she is here to be witness to part of what we're going to discuss a little later on with our guests, which is the unbelievably white-hot collector car market. Oof. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, And listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard there you go guys Yay. no no more long list nice. as, as, as much as i enjoyed. nailed it down great we just blew right through nap time then <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna use the bathroom and now I'm g- i gotta hold it <laughs> over there with your head back and your mouth hanging open string of drool <laughs> hanging out of your mouth. if you like what you're hearing we're really surprised. <laughs> Leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform, and be sure to tell all your gearhead friends. If there's something you'd like us to talk about, somebody you'd like us to interview, or if you've got something you would like to say on the show, please let me know. Drop me a line at brett at drivenradioshow.com. All right, kitties. Already teased this a little bit. What have you been in doing in cars and motorcycles this week? Mark, <laughs> just this past weekend... Uh, you completed your Motorcycle Safety Foundation course. Yes, I did Woo! over at Johnson County Community College. Should we have sound effects right into this, like fireworks going off? Uh, maybe I'll throw <laughs> something in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it was actually, it was both very cool and really nerve-wracking because I wanted it so damned bad. Yeah. I mean, it was like teeth-aching kind of bad. Mm-hmm. So we had a classroom work Friday night, and then Saturday we... How many people in the class? There were 12. All right, uh, predominantly okay. guys, girls, both. It was a it was a strong mix. There was uh, and uh, bless their hearts. Uh, there was a couple of mother daughters, uh, mature moms, along mm-hmm. with their their grown daughters. There was a pair of sisters. There was a pair of brothers in the back. There was a father and son who'd come, and they'd never ridden cycles ever. Wow! And the two of them got together because dad apparently just said, "You know what? We're going to ride motorcycles." 
And you okay. know, this, this kid's 16, and uh, and he's like, okay. Sure, <laughs> Dad's buying, I'm trying. There you go. And, cool. Um, and in they came, and there was another uh, a husband, I think it was a husband-wife team, uh, that had come in. So out of the 12 that started, 10 finished. And, oh, uh, like jury duty. Well, you know, there's there are times the uh, the instructors were great, Hugh and Jimmy, and they were they were awesome, and so uh, and funny. We, uh, but one of the most important things is you have to be safe while you're doing this. You have to be not a danger to yourself and not to the others. Mm-hmm. And these uh, the two mature moms who were trying so hard, and I was like, oh, please make it, please make it, please make it. They eventually, after that first morning, were like, you know what. Maybe maybe we'll take some time before we try this again. Oh wow! And uh, and so they they uh, left the course, but the rest of us all stayed steady. We went on, and I, I made this choice on purpose, and I'm so glad I did. Um, the class there <clears throat> not only was less expensive than some other places, but uh, I'd looked at Worth Harley Davidson because mm-hmm. they have a course too that does you know the same thing, mm-hmm. and the difference really was negligible money wise. But Worth had Harley 500s, which yeah. I don't even think they make anymore. Uh, uh, I don't remember if they do or not. They made them for. I think it's just for the classes. <laughs> well, they they made them for smaller foreign markets. They made them. Prim- ah. They made a lot of them for India. Was my understanding. You know, I, I met a guy there, Paul uh, Vargasi, and Paul, if you're listening, call me again, man. Your number didn't stick in my phone. Anyway. Uh, Paul is from uh, India, and we got to talk about that because most of their bikes are 100 to 150 cc. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And just yeah. for getting from a to point A to point B, sometimes with six people on them. But uh, if you've ever seen a video on YouTube yeah. of uh, scooter and cycle traffic in India, it's, it's, it, it will make you pucker. First, you don't have enough gear to go right there. And that, he said most of the bikes when he was there were, were Enfields. Yeah. So uh, uh, there was a, a different way of, of shifting the whole nine yards. It was it was really cool uh, chatting with the other other people that were in the class and the motorcycles. I chose this one because there were two fifties. Yeah, all the way across the board. And I'm like, you know what? I I bet I can handle that in a U-turn. Mostly. <laughs> you know what? The funniest thing was we went through all of that stuff, um, everything from first touching a bike, going all the way up, and. I ended up on a, a Suzuki TU something or other, and it was a single single cylinder. Yeah, and for this guy, that was a, that was kind of fun. I, <laughs> I gave that clutch a run for its money, <laughs> but um, the doing the doing all the practicing and stuff was all great. And, you know, getting on it and and really learning that was all cool. But the second on Sunday. We did a bunch of stuff in the morning, this, that, and the other, and then they were like, "Okay, now it's time for your—I uh, uh, can't remember what it's called—your your skills assessment." Ah! Uh. And when they said assessment, I mean, you could have felt the pressure drop because of my pucker. You fell you fell apart like you did in high school. Oh my God! Yeah, I became so <laughs> my stomach flip flopped. I forgot everything but my own damn name. And it hey, was, at least uh, you had something going for you. And the guys, <laughs> the guys there, it even said it like through one or two really? of my little trials. They, they're like, just breathe, you know, dude. You you did this great earlier. Oh, I'm I, sure, I don't know what's going I'm on. I'm sure but just they're breathe. accustomed to seeing people. Oh yeah, freeze up, just pucker and freeze. And I'm, I'd be a little surprised if I didn't too. I'm kind of. I've never taken a course like this before. I'd like to. I'm wondering if I could pass it okay. Oh, I don't see why not, especially I, I, on the smaller bikes. I would you're, hope. You're so used to a rather larger 
uh, bike that this is true. Being able to do those U turns on a smaller one, you would probably be like, "What well, was that?" I'm yeah. sure I have some bad habits that they would. <laughs> All you'd have to do is to channel straighten. Mount Lemon, honey. You'd oh, be God. fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it, for the uninitiated, there is a really tall mountain outside of Tucson, and you start at the desert floor, and the weather is warm. <laughs> But up at the top of this mountain, they have a ski area. It, you get to the top, it looks like Breckenridge, Colorado. Oh, it's evergreens, and there's snow in the ditches, even in in like April or May, and all of that stuff. And my dad had a an '03 Harley Springer, and we took it up there. You had to stop twice to put on clothes. Oh wow! Yeah, because you start out in t-shirts, yeah, you start and at the top. You, you <laughs> yeah. have jackets on <laughs> and you know, layer it up. It's like 80, shirts. eighty degrees when we left Tucson, and yeah, we it was, it was like forties by the time we got to the top. Oof. But uh, coming down the hill, I may have been riding somewhere in the vicinity of ten tenths, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> yes, and may have also overcooked a corner and had to stand the bike up and. <gasps> Uh, you know, do emergency maneuvers. Maneuvers, there. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, nice way of what, crash. what happened during the class that you were ready for or you thought would happen? And what happened during the class? What did you learn that was a surprise to you or unexpected? Uh, the stuff that I was ready for was really, you know, clutch work. Okay. I was pretty good at that, although getting your friction zone really yeah. down pat was something new, especially with that bike, because you had to give it higher revs mm-hmm. uh, to get in a decently moving friction zone. That I w- wasn't used to, but other than that, that part was fine. And a lot of the you know the, the working parts of the bike I already was pretty familiar with. Sure. The thing that surprised me the strongest, and I'd read it in the I, – I brought the little manual, the basic rider course, and then the book that I'd been reading beforehand, Proficient Motorcycling by David Huff. Which is a, bo- a book I own too. It's it's a good book. Yeah. Uh, recommended to me by Dave Scotton. Thank it. you, Dave, my good buddy from yeah. when I was a child. I don't have that book at all. The um, I don't. The cornering. I don't have a motorcycle either. Looking – Not about you. Okay. Looking where you're going. you uh, As in – Farther in the distance, you don't look down. Kind of like with a bicycle, you have a tendency to kind of look where the road is right in front of you. Mm -hmm. You don't do that on a motorcycle because that's where you'll drive. And if you look down, you will go way out of the curve. Yeah, you don't look down right in front of you. You look ahead. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two, did they cover object fixation? Yes. Okay. Yes, if you if you stare at a pothole, you'll drive into that pothole. Yeah, it is so weird, if and it's you, true. If there's something yeah. coming up that you need to avoid, don't stare at it because you'll fixate on it, and then you'll drive into you'll, it. Yeah, they're called cones. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I might have thumped thump the one or two. <laughs> you just look, they're just cones. Or, or they look at me. Where were you looking? I was looking at the cone or, gra- or gravel or potholes yeah. or, or a Ford F one fifty. It's true. That's interesting. And that was the most interesting thing was that I had to not look kind of at the road, but look where I'm going. And that actually helped me in my lean in tight cornering. Did they discuss counter steering and corners and all that stuff? Is that weird that you do that? Yeah. Um, What what do you mean? Our friend uh, Ken Yon, who was on here this summer discussing, uh, last summer, discussing the course he was teaching online. Yeah. Ken and I were discussing that once because he's also learning to ride a motorcycle and he's got uh, an old Honda 750, uh, CB 750. And he asked me about counter steering and corners. And I said, hell, Ken, I don't know. I've been riding motorcycles since I was 10 and it's always come really naturally to me. So I don't, I don't think about it. it. I don't think about it too much. And then I went out and I was riding 
fairly exuberantly one afternoon. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, so I am doing that. And I got home and I called him. And I said, yes, I do. Yes, I do do that. <laughs> so, and by the way, it's his birthday today. Yes, so it is. Happy birthday, it is, Ken. Uh, Dr. Ken Yon's yeah. birthday today. Happy birthday, Happy Ken. birthday, uh, Ken. We, I love you and we miss you and we're anxious to see you again. It'll be just... Not this coming weekend, but next weekend in McPherson, they're doing yeah. their car show. Oh, yeah, down. yeah. Good times. And, uh, yeah, he asked me about it. I just had never given it a second thought. But you do counter-steering corners. Could you, for the uh, uninitiative of motorcycle riders, could you explain that in a couple sentences of exactly what that is? Because I'm not understanding what you when mean. When you're in a corner, if you keep steering into it, the bike will, uh, you'll wind up following a decreasing radius and turning into uh, the inside of the corner. So what happens is when you're in the corner, you're actually counter-steering to keep the bike on line with your path rather than steering tight. I hope I'm explaining this yeah. right. And it, what's weird is that you can turn the bike by leaning. I can turn. R- yeah. That, the, yeah. Gray, the gray Harley out there, I can turn with frame flex. Yeah. So, so you're like, not turning you're the going, So when you're learning you into the corner, yeah. you would have to sometimes counter steer a little bit. Yeah, is that kind yeah. of what you mean? Yes. So as if you're going mad dog on a car and 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 oversteering like a mad dog, you want to counter steer to make sure you don't go into the ditch. Yep. Although that's hooning, that's different. But yeah. so, but a bike that's normal, just riding a bike, you actually counter steer like normal. But yes, yeah, that's kind of a normal thing. Yeah. Depending yeah. on I did, speed I and that. tightness. Yeah. I, I have so much seat time in that gray Harley that I can take my hands off the bars and push on the pegs and get it to move around in the lane where I want it. Wow. Neat. But no, be a while. dumb. <laughs> it, anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway. I wasn't saying neat as it's so neat. What was the biggest takeaway from the, from the class? Aside okay. from the M rating on your license. And yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Well, that was the great part, but the, uh, it was the checks. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. They looked at me and they said, you know, that is the sexiest bowling ball I have ever. <laughs> Look at that. That is the most charming. I have a really off-color bowling ball joke dude. later. Uh, but probably <laughs> the biggest thing taken away from it were the safety factors. You know, paying attention, drive you. Drive you. That yes. was their biggest deal. And then, like you you and I were talking uh, on uh, on the interwebs, oh, it was last night about uh, uh, dress for the slide, not the ride. Yeah, right. it's, it's a really kind of cliche it's it's a crappy sounding cliche, but it's it, they say it for a reason. Yeah. And I've gotten off a bike real hard before yeah, you have. Uh, and, and broke lots of things and got a free ride in an ambulance. Free my ass. It was 20 <laughs> no. grand. Yep. Uh, but you there's a reason that you're wearing a bright chartreuse green or yellow jacket. And it's got armor in the elbows and armor in the back and armor in the shoulders. And you're thinking... Why in the hell am I wearing this? Because when you come off that bike, yeah, you want all that stuff there. You're you want every bit of it there. It. I and I, so. I got an x-ray of an elbow that's been broken in two places because of insufficient uh, armor in a armor. jacket. Yeah. So, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I see Very proud guys. of you. Very cool. And now we have to go ride, which means I have to ride slow for a while. Yes. <laughs> Well, that and I, I got to take the bike up and get that uh, carburetor looked at first. Yeah, um, those hesitations at 4K are consistent all the way across the gears. And 4K on a bike ain't much. 4K on a car is a little different deal. Yeah, but I can't, uh, I cannot express to you strongly enough that ain't one you want to take apart. Yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's going to be more than one carb and. 
all that garbage. So, yeah, take it someplace. Mr. Corey. If Rhonda drives, I can get some shots of you guys on the bikes. I would do it, absolutely. That would be fun. I'd have to want to be in a picture first. <laughs> hey, we'll be in there together. Oh, oh, it'll, it'll be, be all it'll right. It'll be video. It won't be pictures. So, <laughs> I'd have to want to be in a video. <laughs> okay. So, Mr. Corey, you went and drove the Red Line Rally. You went to Shift uh, Sector uh, Airstrip Attack in Independence, Kansas. You ran into our friend uh, JR. Uh, tell us all the crap you've done the last couple of weeks, man. You got a pretty good list. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, airstrip attack put on by shift sector, you know, like you said, down in Independence, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's if anybody doesn't know, that's kind of more of the Southern part of Kansas. Not, down there. not far from my first set of in-laws. Yeah, there you go. Um, it is, a, it's a, it's a half mile speed trap race. So you just, you go, you don't necessarily have to launch hard if you don't want to, it just depends, but you go, it's a half mile it's not necessarily the fastest there. It's just who gets the top speed. Okay. okay. And what was the top speed in the half? Well, it was at first a Viper that hit 226 <laughs> miles per hour. <laughs> oh, this is a two-wheel drive vehicle <laughs> that can't even really floor it until they're about a third of the way through it already. Oh, sure. They have to get rolling for a while. What was the output boosted to? Was it north of 1,000? It was near three grand. Good God! Oh on, on the old, uh, that the old is horsepower incredible. there, incredible. Yes, with the original ten. Uh, yeah, holy, yeah. Probably Jesus. had a couple tubers, uh, turbos on it, the size of a trash can. <laughs> it was it was nuts, and of course, it still kept its. It needed to keep that down for on there. You know, the wing, the size of a Formula One car, oh, kind yeah, of thing, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, but it it was crazy because it would take off. I mean, or kind of roll off, and you're like, okay, um, when's okay. he gonna do it? Mm, he's getting smaller. All of a sudden, boom, you just hear him. And just and even after he whatever gear he's in, you just see his butt just wiggling. And then, then he just starts going straight and he's gone. Whoa. Have you ever heard that there are people in this world who are too stupid to be afraid of things? <laughs> yes. I'm too dumb to there feel fear. There was actually a guy with yeah. a very highly boosted S2000 that spun off. Got control of the car. Nothing. The car was still okay afterwards, and then came around and did it again. Except there was it didn't a per- spin off, but he oh, okay. raced Except again. Except there was a permanent brown stain on the yes. driver's oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a code brown right there. You know, he cleaned all the grass out of the wheels and uh, and his shorts and uh, went again. So, Jamie. but the one who got the fastest wasn't that Viper. Who was the very it? last run and, and a little finals at the end of the day was done by a Lamborghini. I believe it was a Huracan twin turbocharged Huracan did two hundred thirty one. <laughs> now i actually give a little bit more props i'm not sure the horsepower on that one i give a little more props to the viper because see the huracan was if it was it was either huracan or Aventure, it was a lamborghini okay um it was all-wheel drive okay it was able to launch a lot better and take off much quicker oh yeah and keep that speed down a longer distance the viper hit 226 in a much shorter distance really even though they both went a half mile wow i think at a certain it was point nuts. it's all academic but either way Hitting over 200 miles an hour, period, and only a half a mile? Screw that. Holy crap. Ola. <laughs> I would challenge a Bugatti to do that. I just, yeah. I don't know that a Bugatti would get over 200 wow, and a half that's, miles. that's really, really, really fast. And that's, that's 1,500 unbelievably fast. Yeah, but it was really cool. Yes, I uh, got to uh, run into our friend John Ross uh, from uh, Watch JR Go. And, so, nice. and he, uh, he bought himself a little Ariel a, Atom. An Ariel Atom, that's right. And then he... Blew. Very lightweight, 470 horsepower turbocharged Honda engine in a car that weighs that, like a shoebox. Yeah, and it's all exoskeleton, no yes. body panels, don't smile, you're going to eat a lot of grasshoppers. And he blew it up. 
And he did. And it was it was actually uh, from a guy that we knew before. Yeah, it was um, Chong's Chong. car. <laughs> and I walked up thinking, oh, my God, Chong's here. I'm going to go say hi to him. And all of a sudden, he looked up and was like, ah, John, I didn't expect to see you in this car. He was like, yeah, I just bought it. I'm like, you just bought this from Chong. He goes, yes, I did. How did you and, know? Because uh, Chong had a pair of He did get up to 150 in that thing on one of his runs. Holy crap, man. And a I, tiny I, little... He did a video on it. Thank God he was wearing a helmet because... You just couldn't do that otherwise. Yeah, well, you had to. And then if your car went over 180, you had to wear the full fire suit, have extinguisher, yeah. and, and you had to have a higher rated helmet. Yeah. and that, So they were very safe. It was and a that very, aerial very, atom, it wouldn't make any well difference. <laughs> <laughs> but he went side by side with the Ducati. He beat the Ducati. Good <laughs> Lord. That's all fast. So you got, you got a, a, a low weight. I mean, the power ratio was probably not much different between the two. Yeah. That's you know that's incredible. All right, so you did the airstrip attack down in Independence, Kansas. Yep. You got to see everybody go way too stinking fast. <laughs> Man, I, the fastest I've ever been on anything on the ground is 155 miles an hour. I can't even imagine breaking two bills in a half a mile without you know wings and a runway and all that. Right, right. But you also did redline rally. Yes. So tell us about that. So uh, Redline Rally. So a guy named uh, Matt Spencer and uh, and Brady Brinkman uh, has now started the Kansas City based. Okay. So that's what they're out of. So it's kind of nice to see some good local stuff coming out of yeah, this. Good. Maybe we can um, glom onto that and go. They got it. a lot of influence <laughs> of, of other rallies, including our friend uh, Scott Huddleston from Express Rally. Oh, really? So uh, they, they kind of know each other um, and all that stuff. But anyways, so their very first rally was supposed to be last year, but, well, 2020, everybody. Everything last year got canceled. Right, right, right. Well, they called this one the Wine and Dine. It was really a two-day thing, but it was kind of a two and a partial because we really met up on a Friday night. So there was two hotels. So we really didn't take off of the rally until Saturday morning. Okay, but did you start here? Okay, uh, in Columbia. Columbia, Missouri. So we went out Friday uh, into Columbia. There was a hotel stay there. Um, Our engineer might know something about Columbia. He d- That's where my radio career started. Oh, yep, Columbia, boy. Missouri. Oh, it's no, the it's the, the scene end. of the crime. Did you stay at the, uh, uh, was it the, the place uh, that had Spanky's as the bar? It's right off of, uh, I think it's the Stadium Drive uh, exit. That's exactly where we seven. stayed. Seriously? No, not at all. You lying <laughs> so The ti- Tiger. Hotel. Uh, you <laughs> stayed at the Tiger Hotel? Yeah. Oh, the, I never went to the downstairs bar, but it's very popular. Guys get to dance there a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. A lot. Naked wow. guys? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> it was It was really cool. So but nice guys. So in Columbia, I mean, they, had a, they had a parking garage across the way where the, where the top two floors were reserved just for us. So just that for was, guys. Oh, that, wow. That was kind of cool. So there was about cool. 54, including you know, the guys that are part of the show, that were there. 54 cars. Wow. wow. So for the first rally, wow. it sold out like big time. Very cool. Wow. And it did it within like a couple of days when they released so it. So you started in Columbia. Started in Columbia. You went to the Tiger Bar. We were at the, the, the hotel. Yeah, we left the, that morning. So this, the front, the street, they blocked it off for us. We had all the cars lined up on, on each side of the road and down the middle. And then the cops had a nice little detour, kind of like a, well, just helping us out for the blocks to get out of the town a little nice bit. Nice little detour right through a speed trap. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That's right. That's right. Everybody, uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, do some burnouts now. Uh, woo! Okay, we got you. No, uh, they were very cooperative with that. They they showed up. They loved, this, they loved seeing the cars. The fact that they shut the, the road down for us was really cool. Uh, took off to Herman. Went to Herman, Missouri. Okay. Oh, nice. Did you go to the winery? Uh, yes. Nice. We had lunch there. So they the had wine breakfast. Dine, yeah. So the wine and dine, 
when most, oh, most of these dangle that out there and kick you in the teeth this time most of these kind of rallies you Just would pay wait. for for the trip and certain activities and then you'd still cover the food most of the food this was the one cost and all the meals were covered too oh cool oh so nice. that, that way everybody gets to stay together nice. as a group every time we went to eat instead of everybody getting split up so much so lunch at herman took off from herman went to st louis that's where we stayed saturday night um at a hotel name at the moment that eludes me but that's okay it was a really nice place it was the tiger it was the lion. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, really nice place there. Left St. Louis uh, the Sunday morning, headed down to Bagnell Dam. Okay. So nice spirited drive down to Bagnell. Down to the Ozarks. And um, had lunch there at Bagnell Dam uh, at a place, well, really just right on the that little strip right there. Okay. And so that was really fun. Got a lot of attention from the local... Uh, Constabulatory? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, from there. In, in, in more of a confusing way, like, what are all these people doing? They're all wrapped around with all this uh, decals all over. And they were more like, so I was like, hey, we're going to get an escort out of town here when it's all said and done. So they actually <laughs> called rail. not you, just the local police, there, but the sheriff mouth, boy. and everybody. So there was, and then after a while, they all got out of their cars, parked across the street. And then we had like a dozen cops hanging out nice. <laughs> with, with all the cars all parked together. So that was kind of cool. And then we left there. And a good chunk of us went back to Kansas City. Obviously, some were from other places, mm-hmm. and they just went back to where they were at. Cool. There. So, so they it was just Arkansas, uh, they were down in Texas. Weekend of driving, place. good food. Yeah, and just hanging out, some fun camaraderie. Nice people. Um, yeah. Guys, for, for their first rally, they really did a good job. Very cool. I mean, they really did. They have more events yet to come out this year. Are these? A couple I, of them. I assume these are people we should talk to. I'm assuming that uh, that you're correct, sir. Okay, good. And um, I've kind of uh, talked to them a little bit about being on the show, and they seem pretty excited. I think we should do this at a at a certain time. We'll talk about it later, about a good time, maybe when they're going to release the dates of their other nice. events. Well, fantabulous. Uh, but it's really nice to see another another rally of this kind of caliber, um, and it was really cool. And it wasn't like one of those ones that really just like harmed the pocket so bad that you got to save up for this thing. It really wasn't that bad, yet you know, the type of cars that showed up was it was its own exotic car show in its own way. That is part of the problem with going on vintage car rallies. Typically the entry fee, like there's a one down in Florida called Orange Blossom. The yep. entry fee is five thousand dollars. Wow. Holy moly. And uh some other rallies, wow. vintage car could rallies have a that civic ha- for that. Almost. You could have three. You could have uh <laughs> this is a ninety nine, it's gone up. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, also, there are some vintage rallies in the Pacific Northwest. And, you know, the scenery is fantastic. Pretty, but sure. They're so expensive to do that I've never done one. Yeah. Because yeah. I look at that and I go, five grand. Well, what all could I get for the car for five grand? Yeah. And yeah. Well, what they're trying to do here is, is make it to where they can – they're not trying to necessarily profit off this, okay? They're just trying to make it to the point where people can go. No, I'm, exci- I'm excited. I want to talk to these it's, guys. And I want to see uh, when the next rally coming up is. And I'd I'd love to throw one of my old cars in there and go. And for anybody else who's actually interested, of course, uh, redline-rallies.com is their site, which will take you to their social media. Their, their, and it's rallies, R-A-L-L-Y-S. So don't don't need ISD. to go look that one up. What about you, Brett? Uh, we detailed both the motorcycles, the Harley, uh, both Harleys, the Softail and the Glide. Uh, then I went somewhere to get something and I pulled back into the garage and the shelf that holds all the helmets and jackets and motorcycle gear had collapsed. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. not on anything, did it? 
Oh, no, it just uh-huh. missed the Mooglide. Just uh-huh. all that crap. So I got to pull all that stuff apart, and f- I found out how many jackets I got. It's more than I thought. Uh, <laughs> Enough to make something collapse. And, that, uh-huh. and then I put that shelf back up just a little bit higher than it was, and there's, there's double brackets at the top now. <laughs> Smart. And rather than putting them in with little ten-penny nails, by God, I got big old deck freaking screws (laughs) (laughs) anyway it'll probably fall over again but not anytime soon take the wall with it though yeah no walls that's right bitch (laughs) well those jackets aren't light are they i have been super distracted all day long didn't get done nearly what i should have because on bring a trailer Uh which is going to be the death of us all but me first (laughs) like father like son (laughs) 1965 Corvette convertible Nassau blue high oh. horse three high horse small block four speed knockoff wheels side pipes white top white interior and the sucker is in Tucson. I oh. called my dad. It, he's in Tucson right now. I called him and begged him, please go take a look at this and tell me it's good. And wasn't please, the blue please, on please. white like the that's <laughs> part of the magic? Because yes. there have been some blue this, on blacks that... Uh, yeah, I, yeah. If, if you're in a convertible yeah, and you, you got a black white. interior, you cook. Yeah. And it's better for people like batter it's worse for people like worser, mark and worser. I. it's yes. more yeah, worse uh because, men of strong centers of gravity because we're <laughs> we're uh we're men of larger carriage we, we are damn stable these weebles wobble yeah and heavily insulated <laughs> yes that's right and uh i are i already sweat like i'm being held at gunpoint so uh go with a lighter color interior yeah. anyway i hope it's uh i hope it's really beautiful and I hope I can talk Ped's friend into buying Vlad that he likes. This week in the news, legendary Porsche racer Quick Vic Elford needs our help. Radwood will be back for more shows this summer. And Washington State says, if you're a car guy, get out. Our special guests this week are Dave Kenny and Greg Engold. Hey, repeat offenders, I love these guys. Uh, Greg and Dave are from Haggerty, and they're going to be here to talk to us about Arizona Car Week and the white-hot collector car market and the coming second quarter of 2021 Haggerty Price Guide. We've got a lot of news to cover this week, so let's get to it. Well, from a road-in track, Quick Vic Elford needs our help. Quick Vic Elford, the famous Porsche racer. Uh, from the late 60s to early 70s, during the glory days of the 911 and the peak of the 917 program. In addition to endurance racing... He triumphed in Targa Florio and European rally events. In 1968, he won Targa Florio, the 24-hour Daytona, Rally Monte Carlo in the same year, all in Porsches. Now Quick Vic needs our help. He's got to be like close to, he's got to be in his 70s. He's, he's older than I think. Yeah. Older There's than a lot of people that wow, are older that, than you. That really narrows it down. <laughs> yes, it does, considering he was racing before I was born. So Elford is fighting both prostate cancer and a broken leg. Ouch. That battle has taken a financial toll and left him unable to travel to vintage races, greatly reducing income, uh, pay for the treatment. Fellow British racer and three-time Daytona winner Brian Redmond has begun a fundraising campaign to raise money for Elford's immediate needs and future care. Uh, Redmond, a long former former racer and podcast host Marshall Pruitt, has launched a GoFundMe. That page is currently accepting donations, and a link can be found on DrivenRadioShow.com. Yeah. Uh, Brian Redmond, it's, it's a little ironic that he's doing this because he was so badly burned 
in a, uh, I don't think it was a 917. I'd have to go back and check, but he was badly burned in a race car wreck during yeah. his career. And he still has a 917 in his garage. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Kind of an interesting car. Anyway, well, uh, Vic I, Elford certainly deserves yeah, better than yes. that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, let's, um, let's get him some money out there. Come on. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the link can be found on drivenradioshow.com. Also from Road and Track, Radwood, mm. the the legendary, well, soon to be legendary, <laughs> 80s and 90s car show, uh, just like everything else last year, Radwood got canceled, and they do multiple shows around the country featuring all 80s and 90s cars and 80s and 90s dress. Oh, culture. Oh, yes. man. Nice. Lots of Cosby sweaters showing There's up. There's a Facebook Facebook page that uh, I follow that's Radwood, and the stuff that they post, sometimes I just giggle my ass off. Oh, yeah. They were it's... the ones that helped me find out that there's a Fairmont club. Oh, dear. You know, there's Thunderbird clubs and this club. Well, there's a Ford Fairmont club, and wow. I'm like, this is why America is so great. But that Fairmont club <laughs> wow. that's built on okay. the same Fox body platform as the Mustangs yep. were... And, you know, they put beefed up five O's in those things and Mustang oh, yeah. Hills. And you drop a little yeah. extra in there. You can, you can make a Granada sing, but damn. Yeah. <laughs> right. cool. mine has a Ford Futura. Let's bring it on. Well, just yeah. like all the other in-person events last year, Radwood, uh, the show that's dedicated to the 80s and 90s cars and culture, and some of the worst Miami Vice throwback stuff you've ever seen in your life. Uh, Radwood was put on hold because of COVID-19. Uh, this summer, Radwood is coming back with a show yes. in the San Francisco Bay Area. Radwood NorCal 2021 will be held at the San Mateo Convention Center in San Mateo, California on July 10th, 2021. Spectator tickets are 15 bucks. That's dirt cheap. Yeah, it is, especially That's, for that kind of show. Oh, absolutely. While entry for motorcycles is $20 and cars just $30, Radwood royalty tickets cost 100 bucks, and you get a prime parking space and a free shirt. What a deal at twice the price. Absolutely. <laughs> Radwood started out in the Bay Area back in 2017 and emerged as a big force in car culture, hosting shows around the country and even in the U.K., at Goodwood, of all places. The show celebrates all that was great about the 80s and 90s car and does so with a good sense of humor. Everyone dresses up, <laughs> for the most part. I just get the crap I usually wear. <laughs> uh, but no one takes things too seriously, and that's why it's great. It's a show where your mint quad four Oldsmobile, <laughs> I had a quad four Buick, uh, belongs just as much as a Lamborghini Countach if you're ready to attend a car meet and are able to make it out to the bay. This is well worth the cost of entry. Can I add this real quick? Yes. If you guys were going to this, what 80s or 90s car would you take? Like, not one that you've owned, but just yeah. any of them. Is there a certain particular car that you would really love to have to take to this? Oh, yeah. Early AMG Mercedes. I want a two-door Granada. Not the four-door, the two-door, because that one's sexy. And I'm going to put Craigers on it, as God is my witness. Yes. That is disturbing. <laughs> that is awesome. wonderful. That's awesome. How, about, how about you, 80s, 90s? Uh, you know, I came up with the question quicker than I can come up with the answer. <laughs> um, I, you know, because I was thinking, would I go with something completely off the wall? Or just be like, hey, what's the coolest car for I mean, to me, obviously, like a like an air-cooled 911 would be bad. Fourth-gen Corvette ZR1. There you go. Oh, I'd, that'd be, I'd, that'd be no, really no, no, no. sweet. I'd go with the 83 Corvette. 
If there Don't was be a bum. If there was <laughs> Come on, it would be so unique. If there was no I'm money, it'd be a nine five nine. Stop it. Stop it. Porsche nine five nine would be no limit budget. You know, I have it's well, been very hard for me to keep myself from marking it as saved, but there has been a listing. I think uh, part of the reason I didn't was because it's also it's a listing in uh, Facebook Marketplace, but it's a listing for an auction that has a two door. I think it's a nineteen eighty three. Uh, not town and country. It is, it, you know, the old fake wood mm-hmm. cited uh, from the early '80s um, uh, Chrysler's. Country, I believe Squire. it's a LeBaron. Yes. LeBaron. It's a two door, and oh. it's a convertible. Okay, yeah, And it's yeah, yeah. got the fake wood on the side of it, and, and it was in uh, Saint Elmo's fire. It is the ugliest damn thing, and there I want go. it so bad. <laughs> Um, I guess the fun car. I'll take an '81 Oldsmobile with the four bill car. One of 350. the <laughs> one of the pictures I've seen come out of Radwood is somebody showed up with an '84, '85 Mercedes 560 SEC yeah. that they'd done a gullwing door conversion on. <laughs> oh, oh it was parked that next to the. It to was the gloriously awful. It was so bad. And plus, it was monochrome. Everything was white. Oh Wheels gosh. were white. All the chrome had been painted white. All this, oh you know, all the trim had been painted white. Well, that's um, good. Good stuff. <laughs> Miami Vice era uh, Testarossa. There, oh, a white ooh, Testarossa would go. be cool. Oh yeah. Uh, Matt Farah, when they did Radwood in L.A., he's got one of the best. Red Countach's with gold phone dial wheels. <gasps> oh. You would you would absolutely rule all with Kung that. Fury. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Radwood, freaking awesome. I imagine this would be a good show for the movie, the the eighties movie, like car movies. You yeah, know, so probably see a lot of the Trans Ams and oh, the eighteen yeah. van and the, oh, I get my uh, an eighteen van would be awesome. Okay. I'd, I'd really, really like to take my eighty four Camaro Berlinetta with a digital dash. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> awesome, <laughs> so good. From muscle cars and trucks, Washington announces electric vehicle mandate by twenty thirty. Screw you, Washington. Okay. State All of right. Washington, love you, mean it, but damn, gang. All right, I'm Nuh-uh. leaving. See you later. Bye bye. Yeah. It's kind of funny, uh, almost as if they're showing off for California. Their future ban on internal combustion engine vehicles. California was the first state to institute legislation banning the sale of ICE vehicles by 2035. So uh, Washington basically said, hold my beer. And (laughs) (laughs) they have rolled out a new plan of their own. Clean Cars 2030 bill plans to mandate electric vehicles by 2030. Nine years. Nine. Nine. Clean Cars 2030 bill states that and this is uh, this is the biggie. The sale, purchase, and registration of internal combustion engine-powered vehicles will be banned starting mm. in 2030. Now, I do think it's kind of funny. There's a, a little bit of a caveat uh, is in that uh, this. Let's see the in Europe 2030. They've already got stuff going on, which may adopt, be adopted by the United States if more actions are taken. It is vital to note that the electric vehicle bill. Only applies to light-duty vehicles. Yes. Uh, It'll allow automakers to have a bit more breathing room as it relates to the profit-driving trucks. Yeah. BS. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to make sure that anything that doesn't have a bed on the back of it is going to have to be electric. But otherwise, you know, hey, if it's a truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, way. Uh, This decision makes Washington the first state to pass such a measure through its legislative body. Now, governors in both California and Massachusetts passed their uh, electric vehicle plans through executive order, through, you know, imperial fiat. Yeah. 
And it's worth noting that the Clean Cars 2030 bill has yet to be made laws. It waits for a signature from Governor Jay Inslee. Yeah, but he's going to sign it. Well, yeah, because if he doesn't, you know, all uh, cities will burn. Uh, no reason to expect a veto. The bill itself is worded far more like a set of future goals than an actionable enforcement plan, which is not all that surprising, given the current newsworthiness of these kind of announcements. I don't think that they can enforce this. I don't. I don't think that everything that needs to be in place for this to work is going to. Uh, we need to improve the power grid to make this happen, and you can get a good start on it. But that's going to be years in the making. And furthermore. Have they forgotten that most of that electric power comes from coal-fired power plants? Yeah. <laughs> You're not really taking a step. Solid in right dead now. dinosaurs. Listen, <laughs> if, if you want to do this, you almost have to go nuclear. Yeah. And I don't think they will. I, 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 don't I, confuse me with the facts. I know how I feel. I want, I want to feel gooder about this. Yeah. Bless their hearts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got nothing against electric vehicles. I really don't. I, yeah. I think some of them are kind of cool. Uh, I th- well, I think some of the potential. Most of the electric yeah. vehicles I've seen I don't think are very cool. I think they're kind of butt ugly. Even Teslas. Bless your heart, Tesla. But, bleh. Yeah, um, well, the front end of a Tesla, without fail, uh, you have to have seen the movie uh, Evolution, <laughs> the blue fuzzy no-nose chimp. I cannot see a Tesla and not see that chimp, that fuzzy no-nose chimp. It looks just like the front end of a Tesla. But, so. uh, but I still, I, I dig the whole idea. But th- this, where, oh, we're going to mandate it, this will change everything. It's not going to no. change much of anything. It doesn't make, on a per-car basis, that big a difference, it, uh, especially over the lifespan of the car. And then you include everything else when you really step back and take a holistic view of it. You, what you're doing is effing one industry for another. And then... Yeah. Uh, how do we, uh, we pay for roads part with our taxes, but also there's a big ass chunk of taxes put onto your gasoline to yeah. help pay for the roads in your states and also federal highways. Well, so once they get rid of all that gasoline being spent, where is that tax going to come from? It's going to come right out of your ass because it's going right onto your electric bills. Well, and there's, there's several other things to consider. Think about how much industry revolves around automobiles, mm-hmm. mechanics, parts part stores, uh, engineering, uh, aftermarket equipment, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of jobs tied to this in this country. What are you going to do with those people? And how much cadmium can we freaking dig out of the ground well, uh, and destroy, you know, there's uh, hundreds and thousands of acres. There's also uh, I'm not angry. a study. <laughs> it doesn't sound it. Uh, you know, you're kind of saying out loud all the bitter. things I'm thinking. There was a study that came out a few months ago that said the U.S. has done such a great job of re- reducing their carbon footprint that we no longer needed to be any part of the Paris Accords. We're ahead of the curve. But... China and India aren't, and they don't give a crap about any of this stuff. So we can do all this we want. It's not going to make a difference until everybody decides to do it. And as long as China and India, who have massive emerging markets coming about right now, and who do not care about all this air quality stuff, and they aren't curbing their behavior, it's yeah. not, it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't yeah. matter what we do. When you're out do. breathing the Beijing meatloaf. And if I'm not mistaken... <laughs> We we don't supply all of our power. Some of our power is borrowed from other countries. Like we don't have enough generated um, grid to actually completely 
power the well, entire United States. And, and inside the United States, I think we may have enough to do it. But if you look at the grid nationwide, it's in three or four giant chunks. And power companies in one part of the country can supply power to other parts of the country. That's what happened with that blackout in Texas. Remember that? Yeah. A couple months ago when we had that huge cold snap, uh, Texas power companies were unregulated and they were allowed to sell energy wherever they could for as much as they could. And then they pulled up short for the people there. And in order to supply them with power, they had to do it at a much greater price. And that's how you wind up with these stories about people who now have a $15,000 power bill. Yeah. So did they get uh, people who drove Teslas an excuse from not going to work the next day? No, but there are a lot of people in Texas who reconsidered whether or not they wanted to own that Tesla when they didn't have any electricity. (laughs) Right, right, right. We can't go get warm in the car. Well, your neighbor neighbor with the diesel truck doesn't seem to have a problem. (laughs) You guys covered some excellent, excellent points on that, more so than I have nothing else. Well, there's probably uh, 15 things we said that are all wrong and inaccurate. Yeah, probably. But we're really emotional about it, so that's good enough. I think that's got to count for something. I field it. I mean, I field it hard. It just, Maybe not much, but just, it's got to count for something. Just it like those for... people in Washington who said, don't confuse me with, confuse yeah. me with the facts. I know what I feel. Yeah, I was going to say, it works for certain political groups, so why can't it work for us? Uh, well, on that note, our special guests this week are Dave Kenny and Greg Ingold of Haggerty. Dave and Greg will be here to talk about the 2021 second quarter Haggerty price guide. Arizona Car Week, uh, the White Hot Collector Car Market. Man, stuff in Arizona just sold for unbelievable money. Thank All you. this and much more is coming up in just a minute on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, the sweetest smelling podcast on the web. Our special guests this week are Greg, Greg Kenny, and Dave Ingold. Uh, Dave Kenny and Greg Ingold of, of Haggerty, the guys who write the Haggerty Price Guide. They're repeat offenders. They've been on here a bunch of times. I'd read all of their bio, but screw it. I'm not doing it. It's a lot. I, I can say this. They've signed uh, the waiver. Greg got, uh, Greg got a better title while we were gone. He's now the editor of the Haggerty Price Guide. Whoa. So, ooh, look at, you, ooh, look at that. He got the official red pen. Yeah, well done. Nice. Guys, red, welcome red back font. to the show. I want to start with... Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Dave, I, it looks like you've lost a person, a whole person in weight. Yeah, I'm about uh, up to a 12-year-old uh, male, I think, at this point. It's uh, it's 100 pounds, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's um, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm congratulations to you. You're you're at uh, almost at uh, almost at a nickel. I'm at a honey. Yeah, and, uh, you, you lost you know, a weeblo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bigger than a Cub Scout, entire, not quite I an Eagle Scout. I lost an entire Michael Jackson. Are you kidding me? I mean, yeah. <laughs> With or without the nose. Anyway, uh, you've done a fantastic job, and you are my weight loss hero. I'm following in your footsteps, hopefully, although you got a lot bigger shoes than I do. And, dude, congratulations. You hey, you know great. what they say about guys who wear big shoes, don't you? They yeah, they big got feet. big socks. Big feet. Big socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big socks. And, uh, Greg, congrats. Hey. Uh, they finally let you hold the red pin by yourself. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's been a long road, but uh, you know, I, I think I finally fooled enough people here to uh, you know earn, to get that 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 level of trust. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy for it and um, appreciate it, and it's uh, it's nice because it uh, allows me to work with Dave a little closer. Well, guys, congratulations to both of you. Uh, that's you. fantastic, especially Thanks. in the face of. Uh, just the crap show last year was to be able to pull good things out of it. Very cool. Now we got to talk about Arizona car week and what in the world is going on down there. Some of the cars that I rode up after uh, going to Meekum and Barrett Jackson, I had no explanation for why they sold for what they sold shy of two guys in the room. Both wanted it. Now, I, you know, remember, weed is now legal in a whole bunch of states, okay? <laughs> I mean, you know, there, there, there's, there's your explanation right there, I guess. I, I don't know otherwise, uh, but, it, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, there's, yeah. Just some, there's just some crazy, I, you know, I, I think we did more values going up this book than we have in the last, what, four or five books, something like that, Greg, you think? Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds about right. I, I mean, it, Brett, I don't think you're seeing things out of delirium from walking around Barrett-Jackson for an entire week and, and Meekum. Uh, things are just nuts. Oh, they were. They absolutely were. Now, you have to kick out the outliers. There was that 67 Corvette L88 over at Meekum that went for almost 2.7. And there was the Super Snake, the Cobra Super Snake over at Barrett-Jackson that sold for five and a half, but it's the third time it's sold for over five million in the last, what, 10, 12 years? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, mo- I, the, the most consistent car ever. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've known that car for a long, long time, I mean, way back before it hit the uh, um, the auction scene, and uh, it's a cool car. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of fun things about it, but I kind of rather have five regular Cobras than that. Yeah. But, you know, that's just me. Well, so. uh, you know, one of, one of two, and the other one has long since departed the earth uh, with its driver behind the wheel going through a guardrail <laughs> into the Pacific Ocean. Uh, and I, I just hate when that happens. I just, you know, so does the driver. Yeah, I got a trivia question for the uh, Cobra people. You know who is the longest owner, original owner, too, of a Cobra? Any Cobra? Uh, you know, I'm talking early Cobras. I'm not talking about, you know, something that was made last week in a plastic shop. But uh, no, guess, take a guess. He's famous. Okay. You know, Jet? You know, jazz music at all? Miles? Herbie Hancock. No Still kidding. alive. Like oh, 80 wow. years old, spry and bright and smart and, uh, you know, fun guy. And so, Herbie Hancock uh, is 80 years old? Yeah. yeah oh, wow. Yeah. That's, and uh, he had a huge hit back before you all were born. And uh, he took the money from that and bought the Cobra, and he's had it, to, he's had it ever since. Isn't that cool? Now, now, at the risk of saying the name of the song out loud, and I'm wondering if uh, I don't want to catch a bunch of flack from people, was it Watermelon Man? Absolutely, his his okay. biggest hit, and I mean, you know, it yeah, wasn't look, the theme Eddie, song to uh, that Eddie Murphy movie. No, no, no. What the hell? No, no, uh, <laughs> no. It's a, it's, Have you guys got no culture? A, <laughs> you rotten DJ, shut up! <laughs> it's a uh, it was crossover hit and uh, a big deal, and uh, you know, a great song, absolutely. And I mean, look, hey, 
I'm sure every time he goes and cashes a check, he doesn't mind the fact that you will be forever known as the guy who wrote a song called Watermelon Man. And yeah, there's I'm, nothing wrong with that. I'm sure he's heartbroken. Uh, yeah. I got a Cobra out of the deal. So yeah. Arizona Car Week, everything was white hot. Stuff was going for incredible money. Uh, I I loved that L88 that was over at Meekum. I got to get a real close look at that car, and it was very nicely restored. And I know the thing's got history. It was a drag racer at one time and had cut fenders and everything else, but you sure couldn't see where they'd done it. So whoever did the restoration did a lovely job on that. So in the price guide this quarter, and I, I think we're right on the cusp of the new guide, aren't we? Is it? Yeah, it comes out the first of the month. Fan. Oh, I, wait a minute. I'm the publisher. He's the editor. Let's ask him. When does it come out, Greg? <laughs> yeah, it comes out the first of the month. <laughs> All right. Gold <laughs> is thunder again. Well, wow. uh, thanks, Greg. I, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're last-minute last minute replacement. We're last-minute replacements for the guests who bailed. So I called Matt Damon, and I said, you were going to talk about the director's cut of Ford versus Ferrari. I totally get it. Why didn't you show up? And, I mean, you know, I... I he was very upset that he wasn't able to make it. But I guess, you know, uh, Costa del Sol, this podcast, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. It happens. I, I just wanted to ask him about the wrestling scene. That was it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, that's good. Price Guide this quarter comes out in a couple weeks, I hear. Uh, who are the big winners and losers? What's up? What's down, if anything, is down? Because everything seems so hot right yeah. now. And... Uh, Tell us about what were the big movers. Yeah, it really seems like uh, nothing is really down. Uh, you know, just a few cars here and there, but uh, everything is is up. And unsurprisingly, I mean, anybody who's been watching the market for the past few years, uh, one of our biggest winners this book is, uh, is a Japanese car. Uh, that one would be the 280ZX. So, wow, you know, really? Finally, yeah, I mean, they're finally getting some love after. The uh, 240s uh, started getting too expensive, and the 260s started dragging them up. I mean, yeah, if if you're a Z car purist, the 280s not your first choice. But uh, and they went up 58 percent, which even by those pricing standards where they've been at, that's, that's not a huge amount uh, dollar wise, but that's enormous percentage wise. So if you wanted yeah, a disco Z, you've missed your opportunity. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, there's still the there's still the 260, and I mean, you know, you can always get one of those, and that was a, you know, a panic at the Disco Z. So uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> um, oh, it was good, uh, a, a good price guide for mullet cars, um, the Monte mm-hmm. Carlos, um, the SS from. Uh, let's see, they get the year range on this one, right? 70 to 71. Uh, the SSs are up 40. percent Oh my god! Um, you know, I you know, and you know that was the performance and luxury that was the mullet part of that you know mm-hmm. uh, you know uh so uh um interesting cars and uh you know one of those things that it's kind of it's kind of been time for them to uh to to catch on you know not just popularity wise but also price wise so sure. um they did that it did real well that's a huge jump okay well if you're talking about the mullet cars how are the lagunas doing <laughs> Ooh, I, think, I think both of them uh from the last time i, said, I think both, both of them are in pretty good shape now so. there's almost <laughs> enough sheet metal to make two one, one one of the two actually resides in my in, in my father's garage so oh wow you can find another it's, laguna it's s3 next owner his, it, here it's next to his pontiac grand am by the way so oh, heck so yeah. you know, uh, it's the twins you know, what can you say 
Well, it kind of depends on what your grand dam, whether or not you've been screwed. Uh, <laughs> earlier grand dam, not so bad, you know. 80s grand dam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. 90s. <laughs> yeah. 80s and 90s Grand Dam. You knew when you opened the door, you were going to find a bunch of McDonald's wrappers and Marlboro butts <laughs> in it. Well, that the only time I worked in a car lot was uh, selling the brand new Pontiacs uh, that had just come out that year. I think it was 91 when they changed the body shape and the, the uh, big Bonnevilles stopped being square and were rounded. You don't know how many old guys came onto the lot. They're like, that looks like a piece of crap my kid would drive. <laughs> I'm like, we'll get into it. It will and, still and, curve around you, but took us. And it kind of was. And some, <laughs> some guy wrong. in General Motors Towers goes, yes, that's exactly what we wanted him to say. Nailed it. <laughs> right, exactly. So there were a couple of surprises here. The 99 to 2000 Honda Civic Si up 34%. Yup. Sweet, you can get one for 300 I mean, it's... It, it's... <laughs> Uh, it's it, it, it's totally rotten. Kids like me driving that. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a really soft car with the uh, with the millennials and uh, you know some of the later Gen X cars. I mean, this was kind of the Civic to have, and you know, still considered uh, you know one of the one of the better driving ones. Uh, you know, as far as front wheel drive cars are concerned. But uh, yeah, thirty four percent is pretty huge, and uh, they've. They've been going up pretty steadily, and uh, there, there just seems to be no end in sight with those things. That's incredible. One of the things that went down that surprised me was a uh, 65 Chevelle SS396, the Z16 cars. And I've seen a couple of pretty high-profile copies of that sell. The one that came out of Rick Traorgi's Muscle Car City mm-hmm. auction, and I think it was January or February, and that thing, yeah. that thing got 187 grand, and its twin was at the Mecham auction and didn't bring near that. Yeah, they they had two back to back that uh, that just didn't seem to didn't seem to pass muster as far as uh, with the betters that sold around our number four value. And you know these are incredibly rare cars, and you don't see them that often. Yeah. So when when you sell you know that close together at the at the same sale. Um, you know, you're probably not going to see another one for a year or two. And, you know, it kind of catches our attention. Oh, buying man. opportunity, buying opportunity. If you always wanted one, now's the time to get it. This is it. Y- yeah, for six figures. <laughs> <laughs> go there, figures. There's... Hey, your your kid never wanted to go to college anyway, okay? <laughs> you guys know about my 61 Impala. You've seen the pictures of it and all that stuff. Oh God, ad nauseum. I mean, yeah. you keep sending them to me every day. Instabook, Facebook, whatever. I mean, you really would just stop. What, what, what's, what's its name? Brad the Impala or something? Vlad the Impala. Uh, you just yeah. say Brad oh, the Impala. Oh, okay. I heard that one wrong. I can't wait till we're done recording this. I'm going to go take a look at Brad. Brad the Impala. Hi, I'm Brad. Anyway, uh, I brought that thing home, and my youngest daughter was looking at it, and she was also getting ready to go to Kansas City uh, Art Institute. And I put it in the garage, and I told her to come out, and I said, Jaden, this is why you're going to community college. <laughs> she was nice. she was not amused <laughs> that was a little chilly in the house that weekend <laughs> just kidding what were the biggest surprises out of the arizona sales uh 
was there were there any really surprising flops? Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. No, let's let's take a little time out here. You you told us to come on your show five minutes before uh, airtime, and so <laughs> you know I need. Mean, you know you don't you don't know this. Hey, but, hey, you know, hey, oh, hey! It was fifteen. That's Greg's nightshirt, and he's got his bunny slippers on, and you know, like you know, uh, he he was ready for bedtime. He's already had the hot cocoa. So, uh, no. tapioca and matlock. I'm I'm really glad to see that you go to bed as the world's cutest lumberjack, Greg. Thank you. All right, all righty. Arizona sales. Somebody. You know, I wasn't really surprised by anything. I mean, it's uh, everything and nothing. I guess would be the best way to describe it. I mean, there's some there's some crazy sales. Uh, You know, I but you know, I have a buddy who's in the auction business, and I talk to him every once in a while. And at the end of the conversation, we always go, "Eh, "It's an auction." And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the best way to describe it almost always. I mean, this time there was, look, I, my theory is this. Everybody is so damn tired of COVID. A lot of people saved yeah. a lot of money. I, I think if you had a little money going in, um, I mean, you know, Brett, you and I have saved on lunches, for God's sake. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, I, like, you know, not transportation, you know, all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, even even commuting to work back and forth and, you know, paying for the downtown parking and stuff like that. I mean, you could have picked up a few extra grand, but a lot of people, you know, for, you know, going into this, they had money coming out of this. They had money. What didn't they have contact with people and kind of new cars and, and kind of new toys to play with. And I think that's really part of it. It's like, I'm free. I survived. Let's buy a souvenir for that. And I think that, you know, that probably explains why I think this year is going to be rocking in terms of, uh, in terms of the markets, because, you know, money's still free. Uh, you know, you can borrow it money is. for, you know, historically incredibly low rates. Um, you know, everybody is, uh, you know, kind of in tune to, uh, you know, the fact that we could all die because most of us know somebody who died unexpectedly. I, you know, I hate to be morbid about it, but, uh, you know, that's true. And um, and so I think a lot of people are celebrating life. And what, way, what better way to celebrate life than get a stupidly expensive, absolutely superfluous muscle car, right? I mean, you know, yeah. I can't think of a better thing to do. I have debt, therefore I am. The, yeah. the Corvette on Bring a Trailer, Dave just made my See? argument. I'm there done. it is. Right Nailed there. it. There you go. You're helping him justify yeah. as if yeah. he needed help. Yeah, I, I got to go right. back to the Jeff Goldblum line and the big chill when he said rationalizations are more important than sex. And Kevin Klein <laughs> turns to one. him and says, you can't be serious. And Jeff Goldblum says, you ever gone a week without a rationalization? <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I don't think you're wrong. I'm just wondering, are there any, are there still any bargains to be had? If you were bargain hunting, what would you go look for? Uh, you know, there's always a bargain, including at, expense, at auctions where stuff goes stupid expensive. You just have to kind of be in the room and look at every car you might marginally be interested in. I, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, my best advice. If you go looking for the black, you know, uh, 63 to 67 Corvette, and there's one to choose from, you have one chance in, you know, a thousand of buying that car, unless you just want to pay stupid money for it. But if you pick out five cars, you know, there's a much better chance. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that, I, I think that, there's, you know, there's some, there's some bargains, but you're not going to believe where I see some of these bargains. And it's probably not our average listener. It's in really stupidly expensive cars that are about to get more stupidly expensive. 
like the uh, 2001 the, Civic Si. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, well, they, right? they, I mean, what what could be more? Uh, you know, by the way, that uh, we'll get into this maybe in a bit if we have time. But uh, I told Greg I think that I'm I might you know might possibly start looking at buying a brand new uh, WRX STI Limited. Um, and so, uh, you know, we wasted time. On, I'm sorry. We did research on the Haggerty dime uh, a little <laughs> bit earlier today. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a classic, man. So, uh, we went looking, uh, we Instantly. went looking at those and, um, you know, that's, that's a, a hell of a car for a lot of money. And, you know, obviously not a lot of money, but obviously, uh, I'm not in the, in the demographic of most people who buy, a uh, you know a, a rally blue one with a wing, but of course that's what I want. And so uh, you know, I'm thinking that after I'm gone, my wife can put on the uh, you know on the want ad that's just like a, you know and or and bring a trailer ad, you know when it brings a half a million bucks or something. You know, adult owned, low mileage. So there are two things that they never are. Uh, I mean, you know, all that sort of stuff. So uh, you know, be a really attractive car for somebody ten years ago, so they can go out. And hoon the living hell out of it, and have fun on uh, you know on some twenty year old car. Something wasn't that, like that an eight hundred and twenty mile car that sold that that SDI yeah. that went? And I didn't yeah. see the figure, but I know it, was it three something. Yeah, it was three seventeen five fifty five with the juice. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I thought it was three fifty three seventeen five fifty, Greg. Can you can we go back and check that number? Because that's my bucks. I mean that's a happy meal, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not for us. No, I mean but, but that car was a huge deal. I mean that that's that was the Subaru of Subaru's own. And there's I think that there's a lot of people out there who are going, What the hell just happened? But there's there's I a am. small there, there's a small group of enthusiasts going, yeah, that sounds about right. Just wait, they'll get more expensive. Did you guys get any new cars lately, or at least new to you? Mm-hmm. What'd you get? Oh, so I've uh, what I do is I lease a uh, an F-150, mm-hmm. and um, I had a 2020, and it was pretty good, but it was getting up there in miles. It had like uh, you know 14,000 on it. Oh. And so um, uh, I, I lease from this organization where it's basically a monthly lease. It renews every month. It's not cheap. It gives me 3,000 miles, which, of course, I never use. And in COVID, I barely use 300 miles. But anyhow, um, uh, I was getting kind of tired of it. And I said, hey, you got any 2021s? And uh, about a month after I said that, they said, yeah, we got one uh, it's, you know, for you. It's uh, that really dark brown. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that. And she said, it's basically black unless you're looking at it. And she was right. So I went up, I changed it. I have the rarest car I've probably ever owned, which is a 2021 F-150, because you can't find them anywhere. So guys, go down to the Claycomo plant with a bag of weed and like talk to one of the guys on the 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 line and reserve one. You know, reserve one for yourself, okay? So, uh, I, you know, that's what it took back in the 70s. Now, it probably takes like a pound of weed. I get it. But, you know, what the heck? You caught Mark off. He's probably that's got an embolism now. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't have some soda right there. That would have been... Yeah, me too. Have you would have painted the room. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I'm, so, I'm serious. I have, like, friends of mine who have, you know, they're on the waiting list for one. And they're like, how'd you get a 2021? I mean, there's none of them a out bag there. of weed, apparently. They, you know, <laughs> they, uh, they're going to be releasing some soon. But I've got, uh, you know, a uh, F-150 Platinum in, uh, 
in the darkest dark brown. And uh, like I said, people, I literally, you know, people used to stop me on the street because the car is all like fresh looking and all that. This thing is covered in pollen. And on the way over here, I stopped at the 7-Eleven and sure enough, dude gets out of the car. He goes, man, is that a 20 one? And I'm like, yeah, he says, I have one on order. I've had it on order since August. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Where'd you get it? And I said, well, I actually lease it. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> all right well real quickly if we can get through this without any more uh off-color references <laughs> no chance no. okay good we're gonna forge ahead uh let's play a quick game of buy sell hold for each of you can you give us an example of each category uh muscle cars classics trucks uh european japanese or jdm uh, or performance or exotic cars. What would you like to buy? What would you sell? What would you hang on to? So buy, absolutely the strongest buy I could tell you, but the car is as expensive as a house now. Buy a uh, Mercedes SLS McLaren. Yes. Um, they didn't make many of them. I'm writing an article right now for this for um, Magneto Magazine in Britain. And uh, I, I actually started out, I love, you know, sometimes... Sometimes I can be funny. I don't know if you know that, but um, um, I started out. So, so it would be really helpful if somebody you know had a photo of one if they could look at it right now or something like that. So, I, I started out by saying uh, McLaren, uh, Mercedes McLaren, uh, Mercedes SLS McLaren walks into a bar and the bartender says, "Why the long face?" Um, you know, for a lot of people, they're not the most attractive car. But damn, they didn't make many of them. The seven uh, seven twenty two, the you know the uh, Sterling Moss edition, mm-hmm. already selling for over a million. These things were basically four hundred thousand dollars when new. Uh, they went down to two hundred and fifty thousand. There's still like three available out there for two hundred and fifty thousand. They will be three hundred and fifty thousand dollars the next time we talk, guaranteed. And they're on their way back to their MSRP. So um, if you have daddy's money, you can go out and spend that on that. That's a take it to the bank car as far as I'm concerned. So that's my buy, although it's not easy for most people to buy. Obviously, buy the lowest mileage one, you know, no Carfax history, no, you know, whatever, all that sort of stuff, because you're going to get dinged like nobody's business if it has, you know, like 10,000 miles is the end of the world on those things. But um, they're they're gold plated, platinum plated investments. So um, what if you had uh, a bag of weed, though? (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, you gave that to the guys at Clay Como. Oh. Pay attention, wouldn't you? Yeah, you're, 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 you're out of weed. You don't have any more. Who says? Yeah, thanks for keeping up. We're we're close to Colorado. <laughs> in between Colorado and Missouri, we're the uh, we're the dry state in between the the two not so dry states. Oh, always have been, always will, will be. be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wouldn't surprise me much. Uh, how about a cell car? If you got it, time to get rid of it. You know, I say this all the time, but anything you're not driving, anything you're not enjoying, I don't care if it's a, you know, if it's something I look, I, I sold this last year. I sold uh, a car that's been in my family since new. It was a 73 Mercury Cougar convertible. Your mom. I wasn't using it. And every time I got into it, if somebody stopped me, they'd say something like, hey, did you buy that new? And I was like, you know, um, expletive, 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 expletive. Um, uh, you know, it was not, it was not me anymore. Not that it ever was. My mom bought it new. And I mean, you know, some people were mad at me for, for selling it, but I'd rather give it to somebody or get it to somebody who has the time to appreciate it and enjoy it. And I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. And so, uh, you know, it was a, a good example of that, I guess. So 
if you're not enjoying it, you know, sell it and get something you do enjoy because there's, you know, we're car guys and gals. And a lot of us are, uh, um, you know, we get something, we have fun with it. We put it in the garage and then we look at it for, you know, two or three years. Don't do that. Get something else that's just as much fun or even more fun. So, I mean, I, I'm just going to go generic with that. But if you're not using it, not enjoying it, and if it's not going up in value, why hang on to it? Or yeah. if it's a Subaru. You just get so, URX, baby. You know, <laughs> I, that's the other thing. I went to the website shopping for it, and Greg did too. But I didn't get a chance to talk to him about it. They had, you know, the comparison cars, you mm-hmm. know, like they always have on that, you know, or you could also buy. And one of them was a four-door nothing uh, a Honda Civic. And, like, the Honda Civic was compared to the – uh, the STI Limited, okay? It's like, uh, you know, right. so you, you go down the list, well, guess what? They hold the same <laughs> amount of gas. Well, guess what? They have the same wheelbase. And then, you know, one of them has an MSRP of 22000 The other has one of 42000 <laughs> And it kind of went kind of, you know, cattywampus from there. Like, everything was a little different. So uh, I thought, you know, boy, talk about, you know, Honing in on the competition, you can buy one of these or two of those Hondas. So, yes. <laughs> How about your hold car? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I Super. have a Bentley GT3R. Um, yeah, I'm showing off. I get it. Um, and um, I just looked into it, and it's gone up in value. And it was the car that I never thought would go up in value. It's a Bentley. You open the garage door, you can hear them depreciate. Um, and, and and this one, this one is different. It's uh, it's actually gone up in value. And there's 99 built for the United States. Not that rarity is always a big thing. I bought it because I loved it. I bought it because I identified with it. And damned if the thing isn't worth 20 grand more than I bought it. And so, uh, uh, you know, I mean, there's my hold right there is something that's doing that. And there's cool. a few of them. Um, that while well, you're not driving it too much, but enjoying it and having a hell of a lot of fun, um, you know, why not do that? So, uh, yeah, by the way, uh, the first owner on my car was a celebrity. So uh, that makes it worth even more for both, <laughs> Liberace? Of, those who, for both of those people who think David Spade is a uh, celebrity. So, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, now, since you've had it, it's been two celebrities. Oh, well, actually, my wife says now it's been owned by two assholes named David. So, uh, <laughs> she probably is a better judge. I didn't want to yes, say anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Greg, it's your turn to take a stab at this. What's your buy, sell, hold? Yeah, so my buy, now, yeah, because this is kind of a, a long-term thing, but um, I, I'd say if you have the cash in pocket, buy an R34 GTR. Uh, there are reputable dealers out there that will source you a car, hang on to it in Japan, and then ship it over once it turns 25. But I expect there's going to be an absolute feeding frenzy on those cars once they become 25 years old. I bet. Um, send it send it to your aunt in Toronto and tell her she can yeah. well, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> they're, they're 15 years. We're 25 years. So, so uh, you know. That's why they're that's why their dollars only worth seventy five cents. It's kind of the same thing. So. <laughs> that's a pro tip right there. But when you look at it, these these cars are at you know, approaching or already at a hundred thousand dollars overseas. When yeah. uh, once you start uh, looking at what uh, what sellers want for them, I expect that that value is only going to go up. And, you know, if you want one and you have $100,000 to, to spare, you know, buy one now because that $100,000 might be $150,000 in three years. Yeah. Wow. True. Uh, how about yourself? If you got one, time to get rid of it? 
You know, I, I'm going to have to phone it in and go with Dave's answer. There, there's really nothing that, uh, that you're going to lose value on right now, or at least appearing. So, so if you got to get rid of something, sell the car that you're not driving or sell the car you're no longer interested in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always good advice, but right now, you know, um, you know, cars are very fungible. That means they're worth money and you can get it quickly. Um, and, uh, uh sorry, I just kind of joke it. No, it's okay. uh, I was with, I was in a deposition all day yesterday for a, a client of mine. And, uh, oh, we're getting I'm to losing, that. I'm losing my voice right now. So, uh, all I can, I can't tell you anything about it, but let me tell you, those sheep are damn liars. Okay. That's all <laughs> I can tell you about it. All the time. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's such a long way to go. Uh, so what's your, <laughs> Greg, save us. What's your hold car? Trucks. Yeah. Classic trucks. Uh, if you have a classic truck and it's not beat the shit and, uh, and a farm truck, hang on to it because just about every single truck we looked at is moving upward either quickly or at a snail's pace, but they're all heading upward. So if you, if you got an old truck, hang on to it. They're cool. You guys- I'm actually going to re- I'm going to refine that. Look out, look, look on the streets close to where you live for an eighties truck. Um, that's yeah. kind of not being used because, you know, here's the thing. They go to NADA and they're going to see that, you know, it's a, it's a $1,400 truck or a $2,300 truck. Yeah. You go to like a Haggerty price guide online, you look it up and you see, uh, uh-uh, that ain't what it is. So there's still people who think that they have a, a truck that has no collector interest, especially for like early eighties, you can, you know, you probably wouldn't want a four wheel drive from the early eighties for a collector truck. You'd be better off with a two wheel drive just to avoid the complication. You're not going to drive it in the snow anyway. Um, and you can get a, you know, a regular cab and stuff like that. And there's some good looking trucks. I'd have to go GM over Ford uh, in the early 1980s for good looks. Although, and the, and the best news is because it's a GM interior, it was the same interior from 1979 through yeah. last week yeah. in uh, General Motors <laughs> trucks. So, uh, I mean, it's very familiar looking. So, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, a woman who works in my office here, she showed up with her husband's truck one day and it's like a 82 GMC or something like that. And I said, what's the story on that? And she was, you know, her husband got it from a family member or something like that. And they never considered that it has collector value. And I mean, it's like, you know, so I went and I looked it up and of course spent, you know, 20 minutes looking up all the prices and then, you know, going online and looking at everything and stuff like, like, like kids these days do. And, uh, you know, I didn't open up the paper, go through the classified. Thank you very much. Um, but anyhow, the, um, um, you know, she was just shocked to see that, you know, they were not selling for two grand, not selling for three grand. They're selling for seven and eight and nine and 12 grand. Oh, and I mean, God. you know, they all thought of it as like a, you know, $2,200 truck. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'd even say like the, the old, the old body style, uh, GM Ford Dodge, you know, the, the square body Dodge and Fords and the, uh, what, what do they call them? The GMT 400, uh, Chevys with with the uh, the new rounded body stuff. Yeah, those those are going up in value already. So just because your truck is is from the '90s doesn't mean that it's not worth something. People are starting to pay more for them. Did you guys yeah. put my Harley truck in yet? You know, what, what, <laughs> that's a no. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, but the, the connection's a little there. poor here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Harley made trucks? Really? Seriously? Uh, my Tell Harley edition, uh, oh, my man. 03 speaking F-150. Of, speaking, speaking of fantastic buys, uh, one of the RM sales, one of the online sales, uh, it's going to break your heart, man. Um, what's first year for the Harley trucks? 2000. 2000. Okay, yeah. so 2000 Harley truck in the wrapper, like brand new. I think the thing had, check me on this, like a 33,000 list, something like that. Sounds about right, sold, yeah. Sold in Toronto, not for Canada bucks, but for real money, $20,000 oh, brand new uh, in the wrapper. Wow. Breaks my heart. I mean, you know, it was like probably one of the best deals I've seen so far this year. Um, but you know, who wants to go to Canada to buy a truck when you can't even get in there? I guess I don't. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I mean, I mean, plastic on the seats in the wrapper, brand new. Check it out. You'll cry. Those, and wow. if That's I can crazy. make you cry, Brad, I mean, my, my day is complete. So. My job here is done. Was those, that those first year Harley trucks were the stepside bed and, uh, it was just an extra cab, not a crew cab. Then the oh, next... I, I believe me. I think I hear old Jeff Bloomberg talking about uh, um, justifying. I'm pretty sure. No, no, no. Let, let me get through this. Uh, the second year, oh one, they went to the crew cab and the fleet side, and then in oh two, they put the they did the supercharger, and then in oh three, they uh, did the hundredth anniversary edition. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you having trouble hearing? This was a brand new Harley. I know. Truck. <laughs> I know. But it's the least desirable brand new Harley truck. Think you okay? But think if you took this thing to Sturgis on a trailer, think how many pounds of weed you could get for it. <laughs> <laughs> now, was this twenty thousand U.S. or Canadian dollars? We're talking. It was U.S. He said real money. He said real money. He did say real money. I dead presidents. That's uh yeah uh you know it's uh yeah not not any queen bucks that's it's are, these dis- are dead presidents, it's so. disheartening it really is uh I keep waiting for them to come up and the the thing with those oh, with the O two and O three Harley trucks it's essentially a Ford Lightning with a crew cab on it and yeah. it's they're great trucks but eh, I just don't think it's ever going to make it to Collectorville and speaking of that let's talk Lincoln Blackwoods oh yes let's. I, you know, the truck that should have had four-wheel drive that didn't have four-wheel drive. I saw one on the road the other day, and a bunch of guys with their lawn stuff in it. Seriously. In a Blackwood? In a Blackwood, wow. yeah. No I mean, kidding. it was like, wow. you know, how the mighty for me to them. Oh, yeah, because the Blackwood I mean, didn't even have a real bed. It had a, a bed that was cloth-lined. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, they were towing in a trailer, but, I mean, like, they had, like, they had their uh, – it was actually perfect for all the uh, – uh, weeders and edgers, you know, and stuff like that, I guess. But I mean, I, I assume it has a bad Carfax and, you know, uh, like was in a major accident or something, but I was like, I totally did a double take. I got, I love those things. I think they're awesome. I, I mean, got to ask they're great. how many guys were in it. Uh, two or three, two or three. Back when I was still building houses and I had, uh, you know, the, the big boss man truck, I had the, the four wheel drive, crew cab, three-quarter ton, Ford Lariat diesel. And I'm sitting at a light on my way to work one morning, and there's a, a one-ton crew cab pickup in front of me and had 11 guys in it. Yeah. yeah. 11 guys <laughs> packed into a regular crew cab. Not in a bed. They were all in the cab. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Yeah. Not too dangerous or anything. No, not at all. Gentlemen. 
Thank you for being with us. We're looking forward to that new price guide that's out when? First of the month. First of the month. First of the <laughs> month. <laughs> Just a couple weeks away. Appreciate you having you gentlemen on. Dave, congratulations on the weight loss. You look fantastic. Greg, congratulations on the new title. Yeah. And Thank uh, you. Thanks Much for, more responsibility. Hey, got to have you on when the next price guide comes out. We'll see if things are still wild and out of control. Look, if Matt Damon, you know, pulls on you again because, you know, he's got a scheduling <laughs> conflict, just just call us. I, you know, actually, I, I, you know, I know David Spade. I got his number on my phone. I so couldn't he, believe Damon ditched him. us tonight. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I know. I know. And the director's cut. I mean, you know, come on. It, you know, you know what that movie's called in uh, uh, other markets other than the United States? Uh, it has a different name. Lamar 66. You got it. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I was, you know, I was looking at it and there's like a poster for Le Mans 66 and I'm like, wow, what was that? And then, you know, sure enough, it was uh Ford versus Ferrari. So I, I can't believe he, he bailed on us. What, what, what a Christian bailed on us. What, what a fink. <laughs> well, I, you know, and you could, and you couldn't get Angelina Jolie at the last minute because she had too many kids to take care of. So I, I totally get it. I totally. Well, get once it. you've had her once, and... Dave, we'll just call ourselves old, old third string. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Oh God, talking to those guys. That's what a hoot. It, well, they make everything so easy. Yeah, and I think. Dave is more on than he used to be. He's just, he's just. He's quick, man. He's, he's got something to say. I can't snap fast enough. He's, he's, got, got, his, you know. he's got something to say. And his off mic stuff yeah. is just brutal. <laughs> uh, yes, there will be a few. awesome. There will be a few things that don't make the final cut on that interview. Thank you very much. Dave, we appreciate it, but we don't Absolutely. need. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, we've been speaking with Greg Ingold and Dave Kinney of Haggerty. You can find all the social media links for Greg, Dave, and Haggerty on readthedriven.com. Guys, thanks again for being with us. We very much appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening to Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And you can hear us everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt, Mark Groves, and my lovely other half, Rhonda Hatfield. Thank you, baby. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Thank you.